This is Agents Influence Podcast. RPS is definitely trying to get ahead of it as much as they can in terms of leveraging what they have because we're all sitting on just a bunch of information and how do we take advantage of it? How do we help each other take advantage of that? That's where the whole recommendation thing comes from. You can't do that unless you're accurately looking at the information you have on other clients and using it in a very beneficial way. The one thing we do have to be careful of is we're going to see a little bit of backlash. People started being conscious of their data. There's going to be a little bit more of a tricky road to navigate in terms of that as, as sort of people become aware of how valuable it is. I'm Jason Cass, and we're going to help you think differently, change your agency, change your finances, change your family, and in the end, we're going to change an industry. Let's go. Hey, 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 loyal listeners. Wow, do I have a great one today. You already know because you already heard about it. You, I know you have, and now you're excited. Literally, I bet you most of you, it's 5.30 in the morning, Eastern time. Well, that would be Central. Uh, well, it'd be Eastern. I think we released it at 5 or 5.30. That's something that we learned from our guest today, Mr. Joey Jingola. How are you, buddy? I prefer a 3.30 send, but I mean, whatever you got to do, Jason. Yeah, and I actually think it's 4. I don't know, actually. Now I need to ask Riza and Sarah what they do. But I, I know it's early, and that is actually something we didn't do. And then we started that in last November when we started what we have done now to grow our numbers, which the numbers actually, Joey, are where you and I had them. And it's taken me a long time to get back to that, uh, to, to battle that hill, but uh God, it's good to good to have you back. Uh, to all you loyal listeners, truth be known, it is June 18th. It is 9.06. I got on here at 9.01, 9.02. So literally, Joey and I have been, we haven't had a chance to talk and we didn't really want to. We wanted to be pure to you listeners. Because I'm going to tell you, Joey, I think this is probably going to be one of the biggest downloaded podcasts that uh, I've had in a while just because people are, people love you, dude, but they they they, they love when you and I get together. I wouldn't set the expectations too high, but we'll see what happens. I would. I would because, once again, opposite ends. So I get on the podcast, guys, and you, as you little listeners know, I have a video. They don't record the video, but I can see. And I pop on, and there's Joey, and I'm like, hey, Joey. You know, he sits there. He just looks at me and goes, hey. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, it's Joey. It's Joey. Oh, it was great. So, Joey, dude, it's been, I don't know, four, two, three years. So it was after Charlotte is when you joined tra- tra- uh, Trusted Choice. So that would have been in 20, shit, I can't remember, 18. Yeah, no, that would have been 17. Under 2017, yeah. 2017. And you and I, we've done a little bit of talking, but lot, not much, especially in the last year or two of your life. I think there's a lot of people out there that wondering what you're doing. And I think we can get to that, man. And uh, But I'm just super, super glad uh, to, to have you on here. What's crazy, Joey, is I've got a bunch of loyal listeners that we have got, gathered in the last year, two years that they don't know, right? They don't know. I think they may know, like if you go listen to the podcast this is the end or something like that. I don't know if we thought that we were Jim Morrison there or something, you know, this is the end. Beautiful friend, the end. <laughs> I was going to be hanging on that one. I mean, just let you own that entirely. Joey, 
You um, are with RPS now, which I have to say is the main broker that we use in our agency. No bullshit, really is. Um, and you were there. Dude, tell people, like, what are you doing? Like, since 2017, well, don't tell them what you've been doing since 2017. Since you left that other place uh, and went to RPS, what, what have you been doing? What's going on there? Yeah, so I uh, made my way over to the fine folks at RPS and uh, had an opportunity to uh, get on board with their e-commerce platform and kind of run the marketing for that and kind of help, you know, kind of shape what that looks like. And, you know, we've always talked about ways to do insurance better, faster, easier. And, uh, you know, the way that I saw it, you know, they were one of the leaders in that space and to kind of have an opportunity to, uh, you know, drive that in an interesting direction sounded like a lot of fun. So that's kind of what I've been doing. Um, obviously, there's a lot more moving pieces than any place I've been before. So um, kind of, you know, getting to actually see stuff is, you know, you're starting to kind of see that happen now. So it's exciting to kind of be back out there. That is. And so in a personal, um, do you have any more kids? <laughs> well, since the last time we talked, actually, I think I do. I know, I know, I know. I just joking, man. I just joking. Gosh, miss those times, man. You were, you were in the thick of it. I remember she was, you and her were just having kids run after another. And that was a exciting time for you transition going from your agency and the different things and the different places that we've been. And I mean, Joey, after, being together for solid nine, 10 years, eight, nine years, somewhere in there, knowing each other. I mean, where this industry was in 2011 and 2012, in my opinion, it's it, we, we've moved leaps and bounds in a lot of areas. What would you say about that? That's an interesting question, actually. I um, wasn't, wasn't expecting that right off the bat. I think, I think, I think it, it's true and it's not true, right? I think there's those that have, uh, there's that, there's that you know, group of people we like to associate with that is definitely there, right? But then, you know, you could mm -hmm. take five or six steps in any direction and find somebody that's still in 2011 or True. 2000. Uh, 2000. Yeah, or, you know, 91. You know, I mean, it could, you know, <laughs> depending on how far you go, it can get dicey. So I think that, I think that, um, I think, yeah, I think there, there are more people looking to find that place. Uh, and, and to kind of have those conversations and do those things. Um, so, yeah, I would I would agree uh, with you to some extent. To some extent. Right. In total, uh, total areas like, OK, let's think of real life. In real life, we have I mean, some of our technological advances with our cell phones and all that is fantastic. Um, maybe I said this a long time ago. I've said this to my friends. You can imagine in 1952, the military pilots are getting into the to the B-52 bomber and they're looking at this thing and they're thinking, holy cow, like. Like, look at this machine that we're getting ready to fly. And one pilot says to the other pilot, man, can you imagine what they're going to be flying in 2020? And really, we're still flying that shell, but the technology and the way that a thing operates from the inside out is completely changed, just the shell. And I think we can kind of see agencies that same way, right? We, 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 still, have, we still have kind of the same thing but there is technology that's been brought in. We may be in the same building with the same wood paneling walls, but you know, maybe we've understood culture a little bit more. Um, I've never really put two and two together like that. That's kind of, that's kind of legit, isn't it? I, I think so. I mean, that's a pretty decent analogy to, to kind of where, where things are at. And, and you know, the, I was having actually a mutual friend of ours. I was talking with Billy Williams a week or two ago mm. and, um, 
and and it was towards the end of our conversation where we hit on where he kind of said something. Or I don't remember how it actually kind of came in, but it, we we basically got to the the point where. Uh, you know, it's not that, you know, cause he, he's a big process guy. It's not that agents don't have processes. It's they have processes that they have refused to update or whatever. Right. It's like, they, 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 they I was like, well, that's an interesting way of looking at it. Right. It because is. it's so much of the conversation for so long has always been that there isn't process, but really there is process. It just is an outdated process. And I was like, oh, wow, that's a, a really interesting mm-hmm. way of looking at it and, and where that fear comes from of wanting to, or needing to update that. And, and that is true. Um, I have heard Billy say something similar, and he said, we all claim, well, I need to get processes in my office. He says to a lot of people, you all have processes in your office. <laughs> it's just that Sally doesn't know what the process is that Tim's doing, and Tim doesn't, and is yeah. doing it completely different than somebody else, right? We all got a process. It depends on who gets the, the – it gets in the queue is where that goes. That's right. That is right. So, Joey, I mean, in the in, in in one of the things I think that has helped with the industry is the evolving of the consumer, right? I think that they have driven the change, obviously, but I think that we have learned a lot and we're smart business owners or savvy that I think we're starting to get ahead on the curve of some things. Kind of leads into exactly what you do there for the great RPS, and that is the e-commerce side of it. Um, we've never sold a policy. Um, commercial lines policy where somebody found us online, went to our website, put in the information, general liability property or professional in 400 classes, went through, got the quote, purchased and bind, and we got sent the policy. Now, I've only had that service for about two, two and a half years. I have it through Hiscox. And if that's something that we could get through RPS to simplify things, I'm completely fine with this. We do, we really do need to talk after this, Joey, about that. But in the last year, hmm, that's not fair. In the last nine months, we've had four that have come in hmm. and purchased. Yeah. And, and what was amazing is, is two of them bought because they handle social media. And they were already clients of ours. Um, through a business, one was a CFO, for instance, of that, and they, she decided to start a side business of social media. She didn't even call us; she just went right to our website, did the quote, and bind it, uh, bound it by herself, and paid for it. And it's also serviced by um, Hiscox. In the four models that I lay out inside of the um, inside of the Great Separator, one of that last model being an automated agency, and I believe that no one truly is an automated agency today, because all that's no staff, right? That's spending all your money on marketing dollars to drive somebody to a place for them to do the insurance themselves and buy it, um, and then somebody else service it. Do you think that we're getting to that point to where we can find a good enough consumer online? To be able to say, as a normal agent, I don't want the trash. I don't want the high risk. I want good quality clients. Are we there or are we getting there, Joey? Uh, well, I would. I kind of am curious. What uh, what what policy did they buy? What, what what did you bind with that that social media client? Uh, general liability and professional liability, right? Okay. Crazy crap, right? I know. Right. What was it? What was in the professional liability? Did they do DNO and? Did you cyber? Uh, no, no, no. It was just the professional liability and general liability is what she bought. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I guess I think, you know, I think kind of what I was going to say to that is I think it becomes the more the consumer, uh, the more these products become kind of conscious in the public opinion, right? The more these things become talked about, the more they feel comfortable with them, 
the more likely they will be to go through those processes, right? Because they don't even know about half of these coverages, right? They know they need some type of insurance for their business. And that's where it starts. And that's where it goes to an agent. And then it becomes a, a conversation of what do you need limits, different, you know, coverages and things I like agree. that. Um, most agents don't provide that resource for them to be able to get that kind of education on their own. And that's always been my big thing is, is, you know, how far can you educate them up to the point of sale where you want to kind of talk to them, right? Mm -hmm. So the further you can push them down that process of being educated about the different products, what they need, and and having them feel comfortable with who you are and 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 the knowledge that you have about their industry or their business or, or what that is that you're going to provide them, then the the more comfortable they feel with, you know, kind of letting go of that sort of security blanket of having somebody face-to-face -face, on the other end of the phone with them. Uh, and then the, obviously then it comes down to the process and the process needs to be easier than it you know, generally is today still in terms of the amount of information and, and the time it requires and all that fun stuff. And Joey, you lived that life. You, you still do in your other, but, but in your prior life when you were working at the family's agency, which gives you so much credibility here, you would notice, and I think this is—I think anybody would notice this. But at the time, we—it was new that if they read so many pages on my website or they read so many blogs, they literally would just buy the health insurance literally on their own because I had educated them on everything they needed, which is what you're saying allowed them to take that step because they felt comfortable in all the information that you had provided on their time. Am I correct? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, that's definitely something that the more information you can provide them, people always assume that they don't want to learn about insurance, that insurance is boring, that they just, but I mean, again, there's hundreds of videos, hundreds of articles that, you know, people, it's, it's about, it's about how relevant it is to their immediate sort of situation, right? Like, oh, nobody's going to watch a 15 minute video about health insurance. Well, think about something. If you have to solve a problem, like right now, like you got to get it done in the next week. You're gonna get. You're gonna go through as much information as you possibly can to make sure that, that thing is done efficiently and effectively. And you're just not giving that consumer enough credit in terms of uh, what they're willing to do. And they're all, it's always kind of um, defaulted to the lowest common denominator, and that drives me nuts. Is is you know they they are you know don't insult your consumer's intelligence. Allow them to kind of come with you as a partner in this journey. Correct. So, okay. So we are, we are trying to, we don't get a lot of the small commercial. We're going after the large whales or the large fish and the, and the whales. But one of the things that I like what you're talking about here is we're doing it with service. And we're also thinking about doing it when we get a call in from a small contractor. Um, we have some um, companies that we can go to and check out. I mean, seriously, I mean, we're talking $1,500 premium. Uh, or, you know, we're not making any money off this. We need this to be simple. And one of the things we've been doing on service that we learned from Nicholas Ayers and we've really pushed it through is giving them the option on the phone, right? You want to make our delete ad or delete auto. Hey, I want to let you know we have to service a lot of different people a lot of different ways. We'll go ahead and take that information from you and we're going to spit it. And I don't know exactly how long you'll get the information back by the end of the day, an ID card. Or we have Tia Express where I can just simply give you an email address. Or I'm going to send you a link and a text message. You're going to open it and put in all the information for the auto you want to delete and or an ad. And, uh, and then when you do that, it'll send it to us. And you're probably going to get a reply on that probably in the next 15 to 20 minutes. And all that is true. We have a lot of them say, nah, that's okay. I'm on the phone right now. But I'm, I'm, I don't know exact. I'm making this up. But I'm saying 10, Joey. I'm going to say two, three. 
will say, hey, yeah, okay, yeah, just send me the link. I'll go ahead and put it in. And it's also preferable because they're giving us the information rather than us playing the telephone game and it going from us into a task and then to somebody else, you know what I mean? So I definitely have to say that, and I like your, I like your point. And so that's what we're thinking about using this platform we have is to say, okay, wait a minute, when that small contractor calls in, I know we need to feed these companies that we have direct relationships with, but that's silly to think that I am obligated to give them a $1,500 um, uh, uh, BOP, contractor BOP, because they think that I'm obligated to give it to them. I would have to give them like 100 of those, and I would still only make you know very little in premium of what one account that we normally deal with. So to me, that just becomes strategy that if my direct carriers are not going to allow for the quote bind an issue option, the brokers are. The brokers are giving us that option and and good for you guys on that. Good for you guys on that. How has how how, how what are you doing and and how what you're doing, Joey? How's that been received by the agents um, that work with RPS? I mean, you know, like you said, most environments, it's I'm, I'm going to put in all this information and then I'm going to get maybe an indication of where this is going, like if it's going to happen. And, you know, the whole idea behind, you know, what we're doing is just eliminating a lot of unnecessary information that has just kind of been carried over from applications past, if you will. Right. Yes. So, mm-hmm. uh, again, you know, this is something that I think is only going to continue to get pushed forward in terms of, you know, you're only going to need a very, you know, select set of, you know, piece of information to really effectively underwrite something based on, you know, certain criteria. So, um, you know, that's kind of our response to uh, a lot of things is, well, what, what do we really need and what, what, can, how can we you know, look to kind of change that process? So, um, so you mean tell you what, what's up? I, I hope people at RPS are listening to this. Um, brokers are just as bad, if not worse at follow-up than agents are. We just really are. Agents are terrible about it. Any any awesome agent will tell you the difference between me and everybody else is I follow up and they don't. And brokers are the worst about it. I don't know if because they're not compensated correctly or whatever, but when I give a broker, and I'm gonna I'm gonna use a broad brush stroke here, and I'm not gonna pick. I'm not saying RPS or anybody. I'm I'm just saying as a generalist, I think if you are in California as an agent, you understand what I'm saying. It's like we give it to them and it seems like so many agents abuse brokers, right? We just throw everything at them and we send them submissions and we don't even follow up with them. So then the broker kind of acts the same way to us until they have that real deep relationship. If you can allow me to get a general liability or a property quote on something that was going to be considered ENS or broker business, shit. I'm all for that, dude. I'm all for that. Or even if I can't get an indication there, let me put all the information in somewhere that I can click a button and within 15 to 20 minutes, someone comes back and says, hey, here's this or this and we can do that. That is huge value, valuable to us. Is that the direction you guys are trying to go? Yeah, I mean, the, you know, the, it's the kind of one-stop shop is, as uh, Ryan Collier, who's the chief digital officer at RPS, you know, wants to sort of create in terms of being able to uh, not only just, you know, quote one line of business, but, you know, really get as many lines as you would need to that client, right? So you've, mm-hmm. you, let's take your, your social media, you know, customer that we talked about, right? You got the mm-hmm. GL, you got the professional liability, but what about cyber? What about DNO? What about EPLI? What about all those other things that they're not thinking about? Mm-hmm. If it's already getting, again, back to the limited amount of information, if that stuff is getting pulled in and those those quotes are already getting pulled up as they're looking for those things, look, these things are here, they cost this much, 
you know, businesses like you buy this 80% of the time, whatever it is, that kind of thing. That's Love the environment it. that, mm-hmm. you know, we think uh, is kind of relevant for. So you're going to provide a tool for me to do business with you, but you're saying also you're going to provide tools that my consumers can buy and then I'm going to get credit on it as the agent. Uh, well, that's obviously a little bit of a slippery slope. I mean, it's all, you know, most of it is focused on you, the agent, right? To, okay. to serve okay. the agent better. Um, of course, like you said, in terms of if, if an agent has a, a website that is driving traffic that can serve the client on that end, we have done, you know, custom integrations to where that end client could potentially use it themselves. Um, but, you know, again, for the most part, it's, we want to focus on the agent's time. But again, as the, as the market matures back to agents being, you know, yes. willing and able and all that stuff. Yeah, I'm assuming there will be conversations as to how do we work together? You know, again, it's all about the partnership and how do we work the best together and what does an agent need to be successful? Correct. Correct. Yeah. You go to the insurance alliance and I think you click on products um, and then it's on business products and then scroll down to the bottom. It's not even easy to find. Um, it was something that we put up out there. But uh, if anybody wants to go out there and check it out and see what it is, it's uh, it's it's blown my mind. The the person is maturing, and where I wanted to go with all of this is is that we've been getting online leads for a while, but Jason Cass and a lot of other people have beat it up that you just get the high-risk stuff. I will tell you, I would say in the last year, especially on the personal line side, I'm starting to see results. And the results I'm seeing of the better client, Joey, is where the lead gen person has a really good relationship with the agency owner. Meaning the agency owner is actually communicating back to the lead gen person about the type of leads they're getting, the leads they're not closing, and actually having a sharing that data between them that allows that lead gen person to go, oh, well, crap, I'm not an insurance agent. I didn't know that that's how that, okay, here, let me tweak this and tweak that. And I'm starting to see where um, people are writing millions of dollars of business off lead gen facilities out there. And now I was talking with the owner of one of those yesterday. They're now deciding to get into the commercial lead gen business. Now, they don't want the quotes or anything. They just want to generate the lead and give it to the agent for them to utilize. Um, But they also say that they have like Liberty Mutual and stuff that are coming at them and saying, hey, create this. We've got the platform that you can just drive the consumer through. I think half the people on here, Joey, you, you, you're you an agent, you know, um, half the people on here don't believe in what Jason said about them going online and buying and quoting and issuing online. And that's fine that you're not. But there's I'm going to tell you this right now of those three that we did. And it may be four of those three that we did. We got paid commission on it and we never did anything. We got paid 10 percent commission on it and it's going to be serviced by Hiscox, which that's who the policy got written through. Do I want to write everything with Hiscox? No, but I'm limited to that. And that's where it's kudos to you for you guys to try maybe start giving it. But see, that's a little bit more than what you're doing, right? You're, you're, I, I need that path, Joey, for them to come right into RPS and do that stuff for me. And then when they send me the email, it's up to me to hit them on the data or the comp. Or, but, but Joey's going to bring that in anyways. I don't think, I mean, I think we're there in some cases. I don't think we're too far off in others. Okay. Um, but but you're right. I mean, in terms of that, it's always, you know, it's it's still a relationship business, right? It's just where is the relationship built and maintained is mm. the, the thing that I think people lose sight of, right? There's You have relationships with people all the time that you have never met before, right? And there's no reason that a, a service provider like an agent can't facilitate those relationships for certain types of businesses. Of course, again, 
a certain threshold of business is always going to be you're you know when 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 people are allowed to be close to each other again you're getting some you're physically meeting in space and there's you know there's there's handshakes there's you know some mm-hmm. type of greeting that, that that's going to happen at you know for 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 business that size no matter what but you know to create that efficiency for the stuff that you're talking about, again, I think that is only going to continue to kind of push up the dollar amount, you know, right? It's just going to keep getting higher and higher that people are comfortable putting business through. If it can be done easier, people have always taken that option. So I just don't know why um, they don't think it's going to happen to some area or end of their business. Yeah. Um, I think the the frog thing that I talked about before, you know, as Zig Ziglar drops the frog in, hops out, stuff like that. Um, I think if somebody plucked Somebody out of 2020 or 2010 and dropped us in 2020. I think we would be amazed where we are. I think in 2010, no one was doing e-signatures. We forget. This was six, seven, eight, nine years ago, right? Um, We forget that most people were not on Facebook and thought it was uh, the evil crime of the world. They were right. It's still the evil crime of the world. But, (laughs) but, you know, it's the – it's seriously, these people – Yeah, exactly, right? Um, You know – the fact that Salesforce had just opened up two years prior to that um, and opened up their APIs and their system and platform and everybody said it was the worst idea and now they're making a huge play into the insurance industry with their systems. Um, little bitty things like this that we just don't realize are happening. The fact that Jason Cass and Joey Gingola, excuse me, butchered that, Joey Gingola are sitting on a call, on a call actually, or on a, on a podcast having a conversation about quote bind an issue should be available to agents on their website and majority of the loyal listeners are agreeing that's not the way that was in 2010. I mean, people would have, they would have literally said you and I are the worst th- agents in the world to think that. I mean, seriously, they would have, that, they would have thought that. Uh, there's still a bunch of agents listening to this that think that yeah. that's ridiculous that you would have that. But yeah, my, my clients would never want that, Joey. Well, I mean, and, and well, coming from the health insurance side of things, uh, it was always pretty far ahead of the, the commercial business, right? So uh, I had a quote, quote, bind and issue platform. It's not necessarily called that in the health insurance world, but, you know, they could go through that process on their own in 2009 and 10. Um, right. But again, very early days. Um, and I think the personal line side is obviously a lot easier in, in a lot of ways. So, um, but yeah, it's... Um, the, the easier it gets, the easier data is kind of understood and manipulated, the, 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 the less this becomes an issue for the consumer. And we always like to think progress needs to happen in 12 months, 24 months. But then, like you said, when you actually look back, it's going to take probably two or three times longer than you anticipate. And then when you do look back and like, oh, hey, well, we've, we've, made, we've made it somewhere. That's right. That's right. That's right. What is it? Um, what is it? I heard say that you you overestimate what you can do in a year and you'll underestimate what you can do in 10 years. Right. Because it's it's that impact of that longevity of being consistent. I say it all the time to the loyal listeners. You can be wrong. But as long as you're consistently wrong, you're actually going to make some kind of impact. Uh, you may be the biggest idiot, but uh, but I, I think that doing things consistently, there has been nothing that has made this podcast successful. Not the guests, not me, not how great my team is, other than I've just consistently put out podcasts, Joe. You know that. Um, when you and I were doing our numbers and doing things, consistent podcasts and it coming out at four in the morning or five, whenever it is on Tuesdays and Fridays, you know, that, that for us, that's what we do now. But yeah. So Joey, this data has just whooped shit up, dude. So like data was, is a, was a, always a big deal, but it wasn't a big deal in 2016, 2017 when you and I were kicking it a lot like it is today. 
I mean, it is an overarching theme on in every boardroom. Oh, kudos also to RPS for having a chief digital officer. Seriously, I'm being serious when I say that. Kudos to RPS for doing that. That's great shit. I don't. I, I know Fortune 500 companies that don't even. They don't even know what they what they would even have a chief digital officer do. So that that's good. That's that's good. That's looking forward. And then hiring people like you, he's ob- he or she, sorry, is probably making the uh, right decisions. <laughs> Uh, uh. All right, sorry. So data, what do you think, Joey? I mean, how is this just absolutely changing the game? I mean, what are you seeing? What does RPS think about data? What are you thinking? What are you seeing? Well, I mean, you know, RPS is definitely trying to, you know, get ahead of it as much as they can in terms of leveraging, you know, what they have. Um, because we're all sitting on just a bunch of information and how do we, how do we take advantage of it? How do we help True. each other take advantage of that? Mm-hmm. And, and back to, like you said, um, you know, that's, that's where the whole, um, you know, uh, recommendation thing comes from. You, you can't, you can't do that unless you're, you know, accurately, you know, looking at the information you have on other clients and using it in a very beneficial way. Um, I do think we're going to see a little bit of the one thing we do have to be careful of is we're going to see a little bit of a, I don't want to say backlash, but it uh, because it got so popular, like people started being conscious of their data and everything. I think there's going to like there's going to be a little bit more of a of a of a of a tricky road to navigate in terms of that as as sort of people become aware of how valuable it is, what's happening to it. Wow! Uh, so as we're catching up to it, right? You know, mm-hmm. I think there's there's going to be that sort of little backlash with with people understanding what's happening. Maybe not on a grand scale, but I've already kind of heard and no, seen I've- that. That you know, you know, people are are very conscious of privacy acts and things like that. So, I think that's probably the biggest hurdle right now is is what happens in terms of sort of the public opinion and, and are we doing the right thing with it? Are we being responsible with it? Um, and and making sure that we're you know not you know leveraging it in a way that uh, would make a consumer feel uneasy, right? Joey, why is privacy so important to people? Well, I mean, you know, it's, you just can't, it's, I guess it comes down to, uh, I'm not, you know, let's, let's, no, put, let's I understand. Put out there. I don't know. I, I'm not the, the, any privacy expert by any means. If I had to give you my sort of just, um, that's what I want armchair reaction. Uh, it's hard to trust people with, you know, information about yourself that you don't know what they're going to do with. Right. So, you know, if, Ooh, if you, you know, point. when you, when you tell somebody something, you know, in, in a one-to-one conversation, there's no sort of record of it. It's just you're, you're, you're giving them that information, right? But when it's just permanently there forever, you, you're going to maybe, you know, I think that's what we're starting to realize is that the stuff that we're putting out there online is there forever in a lot of cases. Even if you go back and delete it, screenshots, all that fun stuff, right? So people are starting to be more conscious of the fact that, one, it lives forever, and two, um, you know, you don't know who had, you know, you, you, you don't know who you're trusting with that information. That was never right. a problem before, right? So... Um, again, there's the, the, the argument that, you know, if you're, if you're not doing anything wrong, you don't have anything to hide all of that fun stuff. I'm always leaned more towards on the progressive liberal side of, of, you know, privacy, if you will, because, but as, as you kind of see more and more stuff happen, you know, um, again, back to cyber, one of our biggest, uh, it is our biggest product, you know, just the ransomware attacks, the things people are doing with that information that you never really expected. Um, uh, yeah. it's, it's just, you don't really know where it's going. So I think, I think that's, and plus there's a lot of people that are just, they're secret squirrels, right? They're just, hey, man, listen, my business is my business, even though it's the most uninteresting business I've ever had. They just like it to be their business. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. 
Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. That's true. That's true. And, you know, especially right now, there's like a big a- attack going on. Anonymous announced like this big attack on June July, June 15th that like they're just like um, it's a direct attack or something where they're overloading the system. So like cell phones are going out and stuff like that. So, I mean, this is real. And I mean, and then when we're talking about work from home, I mean, if we can't sell cyber liability right now, we just just need to get out of the business. There's just no reason. Yeah. Um, but you got to ask about it. I think a lot of agents can sell life insurance. You just got to ask about it. You know, I think we can sell a lot of things. You just got to ask about it. Um, one of the problems that we have is that when you ask about stuff, sometimes it, uh, they actually want you to give them a quote and then you're like, Oh shit, well now I'm so busy. What the hell am I supposed to do now? Right. Yeah. A lot, a lot of agents laughing. Cause we know that that's true. Yeah, dude. Um, privacy is a weird thing to me because, um, it's no big deal until somebody does something, right? So, 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 so we've all been a part of this. We've all done something like this. Doesn't mean we've done anything illegal or something, but work with me. We, I'm a kind of person, Joey, that thinks, um, and people could see what I'm doing. I don't, I don't care. Like, I don't, I mean, I'm not doing anything. I'm working. I'm going home. I get on my boat every once in a while. I hang out with my sons or my wife. I mean, I go camping. I mean, people, matter of fact, I record myself in social media and let people know where I am, right? And then you have something to where it was like, whoa, I got pulled into something and I wasn't a part of it, but yet there's a possibility that someone may accuse me of something. And now I'm like, wait a minute, hold on just a minute. And then all of a sudden, everything that you've been so open about, you start to question. You're like, oh, shit. Like, wait a minute. Wait, they think that. Oh, oh, my God. They think that because of this. Holy crap. You know, but if I would have kept my privacy, they never would have thought about this or that to tie it to some bullshit that they're thinking now. Right. So these are the things that we all go through. Um, and that's a real life example of something happening to Jason Cass in the last six to seven months. But that, but, but that's, but that's what happens, right? So we have to take that. And I love what you say, Joey. We don't realize how it's going to be used in the future, and that, and that affects a lot of people. You know, that really truly does affect it. Um, it, 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 it really does. And you can't escape. I, I don't know this to be a fact, but I think that there's um, the news media or some hackers or somebody has figured out a way that whenever Donald Trump makes a tweet. As soon as he makes the tweet, it captures an image of it. And the reason is, is because a lot of times people don't know this. He tweets and then he deletes. He tweets and then he deletes. And people don't know that. They just see the 16 that actually got through the filter. And so they, they've set this thing up. So now they can catch it every time that they're deleting it. Uh, and so they're, they're going to get it every time. My point is, even he's trying, he or she or the White House is trying to delete it immediately. And it still gets out there, right? And you can't let the genie back, put the genie back in the bottle um, type thing. And um, so, yeah, I'm the same way. I don't know why people make a big deal out of privacy, but I see why people make a big deal out of privacy. You know, it's not a big deal until it becomes a big deal. And then it's like, oh, shit. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, I think, too, that it's, it's back to 
public perception and opinion too. Like if, because right now it's so kind of new and all this information because it can be manipulated and potentially, potentially harmful. And, you know, when it comes down to this information being manipulated, it's a matter of society sort of accepting where we're at, right? That right now people can be punished for this stuff, right? Because of whatever perception might, you know, whether factual or not, right? So Mm -hmm. as society again progresses to being more open to, again, these sort of things getting out there. And again, people just maybe need to be smarter about what they say or potentially, I don't know, right? But it's... It's the fear of when people are losing their jobs, their entire careers and reputations are being wiped out. That's you know, that's a real thing, right? That's very hard to recover it's from. A real thing. Um, and I, you know, I think that if if I had to guess, and I've said this like for the last couple of years, you know, I don't know why we don't have some type of personal reputation policy, like in a big bad way. Um, because I mean, imagine somebody sends a tweet out, they get fired, they become unemployable for the next three to five years. Uh, that's something that, you know, that's a type of liability I would imagine being stupid. I don't know what, but yeah. Um, no, there's a lot there, dude. There's, there is a lot there. You are right about that. Um, I do like what you're saying though, as society gets more accustomed to how we use it. Here's the other thing too. Like we have this RPA going on, not RPS, RPA, which is this robotic processing automation. And a lot of legacy systems don't allow very easy access to the data. So a lot of these new developers and black hat developers have decided that, hey, I'm not going to tell the agent, but if I get their user ID and password and sell them my product, we're going to send a script or some bots or whatever we're going to do. We're going to go in there. We're going to take all their data out, repopulate it into our machine so we can show them our data the way we want to. Now, there's an ongoing debate on this. Who believes in that? Who doesn't? Some developers think it's okay if you're using it for this way, this way, that way. That's not what we're talking about. My, my, my thought is, is how do we trust that person? How do we have a contract that we can say, hey, any of that data, you can't share it? They're coming into my management system and they're taking out social security numbers and everything. And yeah, there's this white piece of paper that says that they can't do that. But we've all been parts of white piece of paper where the other party on the other end didn't hold up their obligation. So that's dangerous. That's really, really dangerous in what we're thinking. And 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 I don't know, man. I think right now, Joey, this is a conversation I'm trying to bring to the forefront because it's one of those things where – Everybody's just kind of sitting around saying, oh, well, let's just not talk about that. But when I'm talking with new developers, young developers, 22, 23-year-old developers who are creating new systems, using that method to get the data is completely developer etiquette or eth- ethical to them. And you talk to the older developers and they'll say, no, 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 that's bad. Are the Joey, are the legacy systems saying that because they want to limit the way that we can get our data? Or is it really just not legit way of getting it? You know? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Again, I think I think one thing I have kind of, you know, kind of immersing myself in the world of kind of cyber and, and ethic. I, it feels like there's this very crooked uh, moral line that the people in the technology space, like they justify things in very strange ways based on their you know knowledge and, and stuff. True. So it, it's just because like even like the most, you know, kind of crazy advanced cyber attacks, they feel, you know, they will. I was reading an article um somebody locked down like a small business, eight people, they locked down their, 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 uh, computers, uh, and, and they ended up paying the ransom for, I can't remember, it was a couple hundred thousand dollars maybe. Uh, but then at the end, the hackers gave them an 800 number to call if they couldn't get their files unlocked. Like, you know, I mean, 
So Holy shit. it's like they they're 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 somewhat yeah, I don't want to say they're good people, but you know, there's this weird sort of you know moral compass that's just constantly spinning in all different directions that they don't. It's really weird. On. Anonymous. Yeah, this is a great little thing uh, that we're talking about here because anonymous. I think all of us think about this, right? Like, y- you know that like they wear this black thing and it's freaky looking. You know, if you don't like scary movies like me, it really freaks you out. And then you know they they speak in this voice, you know. But like, really, a lot of their actions are not aimed at me or you, right? Now, don't don't piss them off, and they'll right. get that right. weird mind of yeah. figuring out why it is. But a lot of it is usually going after people who are corrupt or are th- they, they're seeing things in the digital world about things that are going on in the real world that we're not seeing that they expose. So it's this weird relationship we have with these people, right? It's like one hand you're like, yeah, get them. And the next hand it's like, oh, those are bad people. You know, it's, it's really, really, really weird. Well, you, the I'm, I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this, but have you watched the third season of Westworld? Yeah, obviously, you know, the answer. No, yeah. I haven't. Pretty good. I mean, well, I mean, I like the show, but uh, that, I think that is where, you know, the ultimate fear, right? Because the more information you have, the more control somebody could potentially have of, of people. And, and it felt, again, it kind of pulled me out of that entire season because it felt a little too on the nose in terms of like what it was trying to say. But basically a gigantic, you know, you know, spoilers, I guess, really quick, you know, gigantic thing is kind of con- manipulating, um, you know, society as a whole. So I think, uh, I think that's kind of maybe people's ultimate fear is that, you know, they're being controlled in ways. And I think, you know, we've seen limited amounts of that with you know what we've seen on social you know social media already today. Yes. so it's, it's hard to say that it's a it's it's not necessarily an unfounded sort of fear gosh dude i gotta tell you there's just people out there especially a lot of my republican brothers that are just absolutely freaking freaked out about the government lying to them or locking them down and all this and i'm like and then they call me naive you know and i'm like i don't know you know i mean it's just like I don't know, man. You guys are a little nuts out there. I mean, I think the worst thing the government ever did was lie to us during Vietnam. Because I tell you what, ever since then, we have never believed the government. I think maybe we didn't back in the day either. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying, dude, there is just like we have this deep distrust and 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 we have this thing that we don't want to people to tell us what to do. You know, it, we really truly do. Like, even if it's like, hey, put on a mask for a while. It's like, that's my freedom and liberty. You know, next they're coming to get my guns. You know, it's like I want to I tell my my brothers in law and everybody, I said, guys, they're not going to come get your guns. OK, they're not going to show up to the door and say, hey, everybody give their guns. It's not going to happen in America. It's not going to, you know, but they're all freaked out about it. It's easy to have that fear. So then you got data in there, Joey. I don't know. I think data is going to change the game. And data, data is not thinking. It's going to change the game. Um, I think this is going to come out before July. And in July, um, loyal listeners, I'm not recording any podcast in the month of July. I've already done an eight-episode thing for Explain This Book to Me with Josh Lipstone. And we talk about in there some of this data stuff. But, Joey, when I look at Neon – familiar heard about neon with Cesar Rimbo a little bit when you see what I'm seeing on this damn system you'll realize dude that there's this is not an AMS this is not a CRM this is I mean this is a digital machine and a digital data machine I should say and to be able to look and know 
how fast and how good a service RPS has versus Arlington Row versus Burns and Wilcox and be able to say, no, this is no more that your broker is slow to get back or the person is slow to get back with us. I actually have real life data that every interaction we've had with you has been timed. Um, basically how the communication was, what is a phone call, the information we're getting back and all that's being captured. And so if you want, we'll put more business with you, but you have to increase this. There's always been that way for the, uh, the company with us. It's, hey, we have the data on what you're doing. Here's the type of credit scores you're running. Here's the quotes you're doing. And us agents, just for a long time, we never really thought the fact that we need to have data on them. We never thought that. We never thought that, oh, wow, I bet you the people who pay us the highest contingencies and bonuses are probably the ones that are pushing the most work on us. RPS has the right thought that when you're trying to do e-commerce, what information can we pull over that the that's information that's already there that we should be able to get? Why? RPS may not realize it, but what they're may, what they're saying is we're going to take that work off the agent and what the agent should hear is that's going to save me money. But a lot of these companies, especially the one the ones that have terrible technology, they'll pay us the most in commissions because they know it shuts us up. When we have data, Joey, when, when, we, when we have data, when we have data, we're going to be able to turn the tide on them. And it's coming in the next 6, 12, 18 months. I go live July 13th. We already have like, I think, 14 or 15,000 cases that have already been recorded that we can already populate information and look at individual carriers. And not only just individual carriers, but we can look at them individually on how efficient they're making our staff with quoting. Like, are you pushing a lot of the work to us? Are you making us do a lot of the inspections? Are you making us doing the information gathering, right? Um, Joey, something you and I have talked about for a long time. One of the reasons why, why can a consumer go and get a quote and answer 10 questions and get a quote? But yet that same consumer has to come to me with the same company and has to ask 70 questions. And we've all sat around and we've just kind of thought to ourselves. And I was talking to Seth one day and he said, Seth, uh, he said, Jason, it's an expense to get that information, but they know that you'll go get it. They know the consumer won't. That was an eye-opening moment for me. That's the reason why these companies create this crap, Joey. And that's the reason why they won't fix their stuff is because they're saying, well, the agent's always done that. He'll just continue, he or she will continue to get that. No more, no more, because now I have the data. Now I'm going to have the data on you to say that this is how this is going. And I believe also that this is going to work to my advantage and is part of the great separator when every agent has data. And I can say to RPS, see, I need three or four more points because the data shows that you and I work way more efficiently together than that agent down the road does. Now we can start looking at it. Now as a broker, we can start knowing who really truly is the client that we want, right? How, does, how, can, I, how can a broker come to me? By having Salesforce, I own my own Salesforce ID, little listeners and Joey. That means all the data that's in there is mine. It's owned by me. A, a carrier can come to me and say, hey, Jason, um, we'd like to see how we work in comparison to these other companies. And we can show them that data. Think about this. I can show them my downloads and, they could, and, and a carrier comes in. Joey, this is powerful. A carrier comes in that writes nonprofits. 
and says, hey, we'd like to give you a contract, but first we want to see if you really write nonprofits. Boop, I can show them in a click. I can show them all the accounts that we have and we can see how much it's going in and out. And just a, a simple thing, rather than the relationship has always been now, it's like, yeah, we write nonprofits. We got like four or five accounts, you know? And the only reason why that agent called that company to come in is because there's a one really big account that they know they can get a BOR on down the road, right? And it drives the carriers nuts. The, dry, the carriers are even lacking on the information they have from us. But this is where the power of data is going to transform this industry. Wow, Joey, I apologize to not let you get in there, but Joey, please tell me your thoughts. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, about I, mean, I mean, what you described is, I mean, outside of knowing the other agents like efficiency, that feels like it might be a little bit of an infringement. But, um, you know, I think, uh, <laughs> I, I think, um, I think the, the more, you know, that's, that's all sort of surface level stuff that you can leverage and, you know, kind of remix in a very powerful way that just, you know, tells you, you know, how to be better, faster, with you know the right partners, right? So anything you Correct. can mark that and point yourself in the right direction, um, you know. And again, back to like you said, what you know, you know, RPS. We want to make it easier because as the commission, as the premium is lower, you know, you don't want to spend a whole lot of time on stuff, right? So you you want to know where's that sort of sweet spot of of my sort of workload. Where do I need to go? Who's my best partners? And and a lot of the gut and feel sort of stuff. And back to oh, they pay the most. That's kind of been the default, or you know, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, will we'll, we'll ultimately not hold up over time because even though they're paying, you know, imagine if you could know, right, that, oh, they're paying me the most, but I make actually a little less because the time and the effort that is involved yes. actually, you know, managing and servicing that that account, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll gladly take the, you know, the two-point reduction to work with somebody else because my life is easier and, you know, it might not look that obvious. Um, so, I mean, I think once once those sort of observations become, you know, like you said, once that information is, is more readily available, I think okay. agents need to make smarter decisions who they partner with, where they're placing their business and how they go about it. Joey, a scenario that goes in in a majority of agencies, at least daily, but for sure weekly. Rep comes in. Hey, da da da. We got this special. We're running this. Uh, we got this thing. Uh, we'll give you twenty five dollar gift card for every auto home or whatever it could be. Or we're going to give you extra two percent. You know. And they sit in there and they laugh. The guy and the girl, agency owner, and the guy or the girl rep, and they're ah. And then all of a sudden, the rep leaves, and the owner comes out of his office and says to the staff, "Hey, we need to start writing more business with so and so. They're paying an extra three percent commission." Yeah. And he goes back into his office and he shuts the door. And the staff looks at each other and goes, does he not know how hard they are to work with? That happens every day in an agency. And that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Those are the companies. Those are the companies. And it's, it's just, it's, re, it's ridiculous, you know? And because people could say, well, Progressive, they have the best technology and they pay 810. Not if you're a rock star, they pay annual 15 for me. You know, because that's where they went. They understand that we're the type of agency that's working in there and that's best efficient for them that they can be able to make those those connections. So this was not in a commercial for RPS. By no means. You just happen to work there. Right. And I happen to work at the Insurance Alliance. But um, good for you over there, Joey. Uh, good, 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 uh, good grab for them. And is our buddy uh, Rob McCarthy there at RPS, too? Am I right about that? He is. He is. He's a producer at RPS. Yep. He's a producer at RPS. Yep. Oh, wow. Sweet, he's, dude. He lives in Austin? He lives in Austin, yeah. So he's on the executive lines team. So all the cyber, DNO, EPLI, all that good stuff. So um, he's, uh, he's that's where they're out of down there. Is that Austin or no, did he I just mean, move there? He just moved there to move there. Um, I mean, there's a, a small RPS branch there, but um, RPS is mainly headquartered in Chicago. 
Really? I did not know that. Okay. They're up yeah. in the up in Chi Town. Windy City. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. See, I can say that because I'm from Illinois. Five hours away from Chicago, but I'm there for all you loyal listeners. Um, just keep that in mind. And also, I don't think I've said this before, and I don't know where this came from out of my brain, but if you're a loyal listener and you um, want me to like your Facebook page, please stop asking me. I just want to let you know. I mean, it's not doing you any good. I always decline them um, because back in the day I used to do it, right? And now it's like, I mean, Facebook's like, what are you doing, dude? We know you don't care about that dude in Salem, Oregon. I'm like, yeah. I know. you. Bu- Facebook, you busted me. Joey, you get that stuff a lot? I, yeah, I, I did. It stopped over the last six months or so, but, uh, but yeah, I, I would, um, I would, yeah, I would just, I mean, listen, I appreciate it. You know, I, I would love to see, but I just don't need, I don't just need it in my yeah, feed. Right. No. And I'm, I'm lying to Facebook. Yeah. I don't like lying to people. I'm lying. And they like, Facebook's like, Hey, look at this. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Do I like that? Yeah. I like it. No, I'm not going to lie to them. I don't lie to people. So I just hit decline. Yeah. I don't and like then whenever, to like, yeah, I mean, it's just, makes me feel uncomfortable. You know, I don't really like that. Joey, it's been fantastic having you. I think we need to definitely do this again. Now that I know that I can actually get your ear um, whenever I come up with one of those controversial topics where we could talk about and get each other fired, uh, we should do that. Wait, I can't get fired. I'm the boss. You could. But anyways, you know, no, I don't want to do that. Never want to do that. The only thing we ever want to do is we just want to make people think, Joey. And so all we're trying to do, we're trying to make them think, make them challenge the norms. Sounds like RPS is doing that. Sounds like a lot of brokers are doing that. Brokers are really taking a good lead in a lot of this transformation and change that's going on. And it works too because they have a lot of money and they usually have good connections with carriers. Um, so us agents on the main street, yeah, we have a lot of money, but we don't have their money and we don't necessarily always have the connection that we do. There's a difference between having a million dollars with a carrier and, and having a hundred million dollars with a carrier. Someone gets a little more pull in that situation. So that just makes sense. That's just the way that it is. Um, and we can't defund, you know, the the insurance companies can't do that. I hope we don't go that far. That would be terrible. No. Um, but anyways, you know, I uh, I saw a guy a guy said, uh, he said, you, you do understand that whenever we say we're going to defund the police, we're not actually going to defund the police. And this guy popped in and he said, oh, excuse me for assuming that defunding the police would mean that you would defund the police. I thought that was funny. Anyways, so uh, it's just it's a funny thing. Anyways, um, Joey, dude, I got to tell you, man, it is uh, it is it is it is something that uh, are you going to do more podcasts? Are you trying to get out there more? I mean, what what's what's kind of your goal for the next year? Well, I'm glad you asked. We did just launch uh, the very first RPS podcast uh, called okay. Change Insurance. So yeah, so that is going to be uh, a staple on the scene now. So uh, every week there will be something nice for, for everybody to listen to. So what's this going to be? What is it? What, what made you want to do this? Well, I mean, what made I mean, it was kind of torture not podcasting for uh, you know right. eight months. So I mean, it was just a matter of what was it going to be, how were we going to do it, and uh, who do we need on yeah. board? And, and so we we spent some time developing it, and really we we came around the idea of you know we are you know trying to change the way people think about and do insurance. So let's highlight uh, the people uh, that are doing that and help agents you know really figure out new interesting ways to again as you've done for years uh, you know you know basically sell insurance you know different. So um, that's kind of what we want to focus on. We want to talk to people up and down the industry and, um, and uh, you know, see if we can't push that conversation forward and help agents um, figure out new ways. That's right. Figure out new ways. 
And to our loyal listeners, I, I always say to him, Joey, I want him to, I want him to think, as we said a minute ago, challenge those norms. You're going to find out that a lot of those norms are just what they are. They're norms and their reasons for that. But a lot of times, man, you're really going to find out that there's a different way of doing things. And it's so funny because I've been part of so many conversations where I've, where somebody in the room will say, no, 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 I've tried that. You can't do that. And it's like, well, hmm, I've been doing that for three years. Right. And so um, sometimes we just walk away from those conversations. I think we have an obligation to the independent insurance agency channel to step up and say, hey, man, just just so you know, um, I am doing that. It's not about bragging, but it's about that person maybe not taking a step into the customer experience they need to. And then they end up making you and I as an independent insurance agency in the indus- industry um, make us look silly and stupid, you know, and so uh I believe that the tide is turning on a lot of that stuff. I believe that we're realizing as an industry, we our customers are demanding things that we have to get. What's so amazing is, it was the last lady I was talking to with Beth Miller. Um, she made me think about succession in a different way I'd never thought about. She thought about succession, about how we, how we position our markets, how we position our clients and who they're going to be so they'll be sellable. We position the technology in our office. We want our digital footprint. We want these different things, she says. But nothing, something no one ever thinks about when it comes to succession is it comes to your employees in your office. And what was amazing is, is as she talked about it, it's going to be data that's going to drive those decisions. Just like the interactions we have with our customers that we can track or what we were talking about with our companies we can track. We're going to be able to track that with our talent. And that is going to give us some real skill because I believe in the future, CSRs that get paid the most won't be based on how well they know insurance. It'll be how well they can pick and mine data because that actually is what's going to stir us into the future. Um, and so what does that look like right now? I'm not exactly sure, but data will tell us eventually what it does look like. And here's where I think the great separator comes in, Joey, and we'll close with some of this. But where I think the great separator comes in with this is you're going to have agents that are going to be eliminated by their employees. They're going to be eliminated by their employees because the data is going to show me who's good in my office and they're going to get paid a lot more than the average person does. And when that happens, those people who are not showing it by the data in my office are going to leave but they're going to like the insurance industry and they're going to stay in it. So what are they going to do? They're going to go to my competitor and my competitor is never going to be able to have that data because they decide that they're not going to make that decision. So they don't know who's successful and who's not. They're overstaffed and overpaying. But when my supply leaves and a lady goes over there or a person goes over there, they say, well, when I was at that agency with Jason Cass, I was making 40,000. Everybody else was making 70. And they say, whoa, really? They're making that over there. It's kind of like what happens in our school systems, Joey, now that I think about that. If we privatize schools, all the good teachers would run to the, all, to the same school. And they would run to the school that usually probably pays the most. And I think that that's some of the ways that we can kind of look at how we would eliminate bad agencies by their own staff. Number one, they'll attract all the bad because I'm getting rid of the bad and they'll lose the good because they can't give them job to rate them and assess them off the data because they don't collect it. Joey, uh, got anything? I, well, I think an easier analogy would be it's money ball for insurance, right? It's, uh, you know, before they were looking at four categories of stats, you know, average home run RBIs and, you know, nice. maybe stolen bases, right? But now you're dealing with on base, on base, OBPS, then you've got your, you got your war wins above replacement. I mean, so it, you're just yeah. different, a whole new category of metrics. Nice, Joey. 
Now, see, did you, loyal listeners, for all that you don't know about Joey, this is Joey Cass. Cass said the same thing Joey just said, but Cass said it, and it took me five minutes. Joey said the exact same thing, and it was better, and he said it in about 10 seconds. I love you, Joey. That's fantastic. Hey, man, you reading anything crazy right now? I mean, I know, or if you're not, are you playing any cool video games? What you got going on, man? Well, you're closer on the video games. I, I was going to say, it feels like you don't know me at all, because one of the things I hate about myself the most is my inability read. to read in any sort of thing. I know, I know. I know. Um, <laughs> uh, just watching, and I have I have actually rediscovered a little bit of, uh, a little bit of video game time uh, here and there, so... Um, so yeah, so late after the kids go to bed late night. Yeah. You know, it's bad when you fall asleep playing a video game. That's when you know you're old. Um, or it's just not that good. I don't know what's happening, but, um, you know, Hey Joey, uh, what are you playing right now? What's the last one you played? Uh, well, I've, I've, I've got myself into a little bit of the, the call of duty mode again, just to unwind to get a, get a match or two in there, uh, at night, but, uh, trying to catch up. I never finished the last of us. Um, uh, on uh, when it came out on PlayStation Three, I had a had a save glitch and I didn't feel like replaying the whole game. And now the new one's coming out, and I'm trying to get back through that so I can play the new. Wow. One. Okay. You know what? I really have thought about taking up uh, Call of Duty with uh, going down and hammering away with my son um, and doing it, but uh, I just haven't yet. But I, I should say my kid, my kid got me back into it with Fortnite. So I was I sort of he pulled me in, you know, with the Fortnite. So that got me in a little bit, and I just sort of yeah from there. Yeah, I did. Yeah, that's the that stuff's fun. That stuff's fun. Society can hate it as much, and it's probably just like anything, you know, strawberries or ice cream. We abuse it too much, but uh, it's it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Joey, uh, enjoy you at RPS. Someone wants to reach out to you about your change uh, podcast, or just to say hey, or well, where can they find you? Uh, I mean. Joey Jingola on all kind of social platforms, but uh, Joey underscore Jingola at rpsins.com is the email. It's a little bit, little bit hard to say, but uh, you, you rpsins. I like it. It kind of flows. Kind yeah, of flows. Catchy. Yeah, it's catchy. They did the underscore though, rather than the dot. It's yeah, like Joey dot Jingola. They did the underscore. I wonder if they thought about that. Right? It was like, wait, what should we do? Or maybe it was just the first person ever. There might have been like two or three meetings on it. I don't know. I was. <laughs> <laughs> probably was hey appreciate you appreciate you and all you loyal listeners i appreciate you right i do what i do and i do it for you i appreciate you because you're going to tell me your voice and you're going to tell me your thoughts and i'm going to tell the world what you have to say this has been agents influence podcast i'm jason cass i was the person that had a conversation with joey Jingola, and we both are out hey agents listen to this listen to this what are we terrible at think of it think of it Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you've got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com, check out what we do, because we do all those bad things that you can't do, really? 
and you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial, but you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland. And we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.